Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Boston Beat on Birthplace Studios. I am your host, Tucker Paquette, and today's episode will focus on three three teams in town: the Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins and the ever-struggling New England Patriots. But first, to open up with the Celtics. The Celtics sit at 15-4 and four on the young season. However, the season is almost nearing the, the quarter mark. So while, it, so while it does seem like the game seemingly just started, the season is moving along at, at a pretty fast pace. And I think it's fair to say we have... A, we have enough of a sample size from the team to start to be able to discuss some things that have gone right, some that have gone wrong, and and some things to to look out for as the season continues to progress. One one vivid bright spot in my eyes and in the eyes of many others has been the play of Kristaps Porzingis, the big man who was one of the Celtics' two main offseason acquisitions along with Drew Holiday, obviously. And Porzingis has been what I'd consider to, to, to be a stabilizing force for the team's offense, as well as a, a much-needed bailout option when things tend to sometimes go wrong in late-game situations for the team. I say he has been a stabilizing force in the sense that it is, I think it's been a, a boon for both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as they continue to as they continue to progress not only as scorers but as playmakers to have somebody like Porzingis who stands at 7 foot 3 with a wide variety of post moves, skill moves and also the ability to make deep sometimes contested three point jump shots i think i think Porzingis's various tools in his bag so to speak has been a has been a fantastic helper for the for the Celtics, and 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 perhaps more importantly, I think Porzingis's ability to to simply turn around, uh, use the length advantage he has over his defender, and shoot in the in the post, has been a fantastic addition to 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 the Celtics and their offense, particularly particularly in late game situations when well when the team's offense may become a a little less centered on ball movement and more on isolation scoring then, uh, now of course both Tatum and Brown are very talented isolation scores and they both have the ability to, to get the ball in the basket in any number of ways but I think the fact that that um, um, Porzingis's unique skill set and his unique height and wingspan advantage, and the fact that that that, like I said, he he can just 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 plain and simply reach over the defender and and make um, a a post hook or a post fadeaway shot with with great frequency and great consistency. I I think. I think that has served the team very well because I I have noticed 
uh, several times in the team's game so far this year where where it's a, a situation where there's two minutes left in the game, one minute left in the game in a in in a a tight game. And 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 the team's first move ha- has been to get Porzingis the ball in the post and just and ju- and just let him go to work and more often than not he's pulled it off. And so I think Porzingis's consistency w- uh, with a shot that that some might consider to be simple has has been fantastic for for keeping the Celtics on track and like on task as as they work to 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 close out games. And then speaking of of, of some of these games the Celtics have been closing out this year, some of them have some added, added importance as as the in-season tournament is a new feature in this NBA season. And I know there is a wide variety of conflicting opinions amongst NBA fans on do they like the 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 in-season tournament? Do they think it's a it's a waste of time adding adding unnecessary concerns and and unnecessary um, travel to team to team schedules? I see both sides of this. Uh, however, I tend to think it's a good thing, and and I and I will give you two reasons why. One is Celtics specific and one and one is is more applicable to to the teams in the league as a whole the more Celtics um, Celtics um, specific reason is is as I alluded to earlier sometimes the t- the Celtics have ha- have have a tendency to to not be able um, 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 to finish close games and like and close out their opponents as games enter crunch time, and and I think the uh, the added benefit of the in season tournament, um, um, not only the five hundred thousand dollar cash prize, uh, which is obviously a a a very nice benefit, but the fact that n- that the team is is able to have an a simple added goal in their minds of win this game, advance to to the next round, or in this case, the next stage of the tournament. I think ha- I think having that like that that marker and that like end destination in their minds has been has been beneficial. And again, like keeping them on track as they look to 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 win these regular season games and continue to pursue further advancement in the in the NBA Cup tournament as it's been called the second reason why uh, why I'm a a proponent of the in-season tournament is is more based on a benefit that that can apply to a wide variety of players across the league, and that is the f- the aforementioned five hundred thousand dollar cash prize. Now, obviously, some of the best players in the sport, such as guys like Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, and Drew Holiday, on 
on the Celtics don't need to worry as much or or really at all about uh, uh, about getting an extra $500,000 because they are on max salary contracts or near max salary contracts where they are 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 earning over 30 million per year and so 500,000 is always nice obviously but it may not make a an overly significant impact in their yearly earnings however for players all across the league who are on contracts that are 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 veteran minimum deals two-way contracts where players are are earning perhaps one million dollars or 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 even a bit under that per year the five hundred thousand dollar bonus is a fantastic fantastic powerful incentive to uh, um, to get these teams to win and and for and for guys on on the Celtics such as Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, even that that five hundred thousand dollars would most certainly make make more of an impact for them um, than it would for guys like like Tatum and Brown, and so and so it if nothing else, I I I would like to see the Celtics uh, win the end season tournament just so guys like Cornett. Um, and and Hauser can get that um, um, that money, and of course um, um, that um, same sentiment can apply to a whole bunch of other teams across the league. Um, but yeah, so I think the the five hundred thousand dollars is a put it like this. I, I think Adam Silver knew what he was doing. When he put the five hundred thousand dollars in as a part of the rules f- for the in-season tournament, because he knew that it would get players to take it more seriously, that that it that it would get teams to take it more seriously, and I think that is is most certainly working out so far, and. and and I think not not only is the league going to benefit from that, our teams and players are going to benefit from that. Uh, but I also think fans at home are 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 are, are going to benefit from that because because fans at home, or at least speaking for myself, ha- have been enjoying the in season tur- tournament much more than they thought they would. I mean. Uh, I know I have. I I expected it to be boring, not worth my time, or or really the uh, worth the time of teams across the league. Uh, but I, I'm glad to have been wrong so far. So I hope the competitive games continue, and and I hope the um, um, the Celtics continue to advance throughout this tournament. Moving along to the hockey team in town, the Boston Bruins. The Bruins have been a a, a subject of much surprising discussion uh, amongst hockey fans and hockey media alike 
this year as as against all odds. They are off to another scorching hot start with a record of of 17-4 and 3. Of so of a possible 48 points they could have earned so far this year, they they have have earned 37 of them and and that is is as staggering as it sounds. That that stat and and many others speak to the Bruins' domination so far this year. And and what I specifically want to talk about with the Bruins is is how and and why they are continuing to see these results, even as key players um um from the team's core such as Patrice Bergeron and, and David Krejci retiring this past offseason. As players like them ha- have continued to be peeled off, off the team's roster, how is the team still, still so dominant? And I think there's a lot that can go into that. And I think, and I think one of the, the main reasons why is is rookie center Matthew Patra. He is he is a young player. First year in the league. He was a a second round pick 2 3 years ago. I, I want to say it was, but he has just hit the ground running in his first year in the league. He has 11 points in in 23 games so he is on pace for for over 40 points in in his rookie year which is very impressive um but but even more than the counting stats he 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 has played strong defensively in his own zone he has fared well in the face-off circle or or at least he certainly fared well for 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 a rookie and and he's done a a fantastic job of of shouldering the load and the burden of 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 both minutes and and, and production that um um was created with the retirements of both Bergeron and Krejci and and there were not many people who who thought the Bruins uh, would have an an in-house replacement such such as as Patra, but um, they 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 have found him, and and he's done a fantastic job with this team this year. And also, I can't sit here and and discuss um, the team's continued success without. Without mentioning the team's core, core, core leadership, because, because uh, um, even a- as Bergeron retired, even as as David Krejci retired, and then going back uh, a a few years when when Zdeno Char left the team, other guys have left the team as well, and and, and there has undoubtedly been a significant talent drain. And a significant um, leadership drain from the Bruins. However, the team still has a a new wave of players who, who are stepping up as leaders. One such player is 
is defenseman Charlie McAvoy, who not only is is one of the more talented defensemen in the league, but he is also one of the the core leaders on the Bruins, who sets an example not uh, uh, not only vocally but 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 with his play as well. He is very often one of the first guys in to defend uh, a teammate when they're subject to a big hit or 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 to stand up for 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 a teammate of his he he has always been good with that and 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 that has risen to another level this year and then also you, uh, you can look at uh, right winger David Posternock who who again is one of the top talents on the team and one of the top talents in the entire league but he too has been a has still progressed as as a core leader of the team and he's someone that uh, that it's very clear that his his teammates rally around him his teammates love him and and that's and that's the type of guy that um, um, players want in their corner and and he's one of several guys like that who, who the Bruins are lucky enough to have in their corner. And of course, the 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 main component of the Bruins' leadership structure is is team captain Brad Marchand. He he was here when the Bruins last won the Stanley Cup in 2011. A a whopping 12 years ago almost 13 years ago and and Marshan has been one of the 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 mainstays on the Bruins as the team has navigated the um, transition from the Bergeron Chara era to more of the Pasternak McAvoy era Marshan is is a guy who has 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 been bridging that gap and and who and who will continue to bridge that gap and who will and who will provide valuable leadership while doing so so, uh, so yes of course the the on ice contributions um, um, from a variety of players are 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 key reasons as to why the Bruins are off to another hot start but I think it it is foolish to discount the impact of 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 the off ice team structure as a main reason why why the Bruins find themselves still in such a strong spot. So so we've obviously had a very positive tone through the first two main topics of today's podcast with with both the Celtics and Bruins ha- having good years very very good years so far but unfortunately we we do have to mention the not so successful New England Patriots as they played at a cold rainy windy miserable Gillette Stadium this past weekend as the Patriots lost six to nothing yes you heard that right six to nothing
to to the to the Los Angeles Chargers. It 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 was yet another game where where the Patriots could not find fi- find any real rhythm on offense with a mix of fumbles, punts, missed 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 uh, missed big opportunities on on downfield passing plays. Bailey Zappi actually made a few good throws, one being on a deep pass to Tyquan Thornton, a uh, few others on on deep balls to to Devonte Parker, and and the combination of 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 inconsistent quarterbacking and 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 subpar play from 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 the wide receiver position as was evidenced on those few plays right there has has turned out to be a just lethal combination and not in a good way for the Patriots as it has been torpedoing drives games and and ultimately um, the team's entire season this year and and with just just five games left it it is worth it is worth asking should the Patriots put in Malik Cunningham at quarterback because uh, they have have obviously already made one change by um, um, by installing Bailey Zappi this past week as the starter after Mac Jones started the first 11 games of the team's season would it be worthwhile to start to start Cunningham for for some or all of of the last five games, and and I do go back and forth here, but but um um but where I ultimately uh, land on this question is yes, they should start Malik Cunningham for for the last five games of of the season because. Well, we all know by now that Mac Jones is is not the the long term answer for this team. I think we have also seen enough um, um, over the course of both this year and and last year from from Bailey Zappi to to know that he's not the the long term answer either. However, we. We have barely uh, uh, seen anything at all from Cunningham, and so I think it 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 would be a very smart decision by Bill Belichick and company to to turn over mm, the reins to Cunningham for for the last five games of this year, and and see not only if he's able to. To provide any spark to the offense, to the team, perhaps any reason for optimism as the team starts to look forward to next year, but also to, um, um, to get five games to evaluate if if Cunningham is 
is worth keeping around on the team's roster next year because because by now obviously uh, with the team sitting at 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 a measly two and ten, it is much more about looking ahead to um, toward next year, e- evaluating roster possibilities for next year, and seeing which players should stay, which players should go. It it is undeniably very very disappointing that that the team finds themselves in that type of spot uh, uh, here as as week 13 wraps up uh, um, but the fact of of the matter is they are they are where they are um, this is the spot they're in and it's and it's time for for full-blown um, um, player evaluation mode and and I think taking a long and hard look at Malik Cunningham is a good place to start and continue that that daunting task. Well, well, this has been another episode of of the Boston Beat on Birthplace Studios. We 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 accomplished a a lot today by um, um by touching on on all three of the Celtics, Bruins, and Patriots. It, in our next episode, we 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 will we will take a a deeper dive in into the Boston Red Sox offseason so far, as as well as providing some um, some thoughts on other parts of the Boston sports landscape. Thank you again for joining us today. I am your host, Tucker Paquette, and have a great day.